Hi, y'all. I'm Alfonso from Mexico. And believe it or not, I once ate tacos for every single meal for a week. Believe it or not. That's Alfonso Santa Cruz Garcia from M22. This week, we're diving deep into Alfonso's story on humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast which captures the interesting stories of humans at Minerva. I'm your host, Julia Ip, and today I'll be sitting down with Alfonso Santa Cruz Garcia from M22. Hey, Alfonso. Hello, Julia. Very happy to be here with you all today. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Let's start with a fun intro question. What's the first thing people might find annoying if they spend an entire week with you? That's a nice question. I actually had the benefit of having my wife helping me with that. Um, <laughs> to begin with, I will say I love darkness, uh, but let me explain this is to not make it creepy. I'm really a huge fan of dark mode apps. Every app that has a dark mode, even some apps, I don't use them because if they don't have a dark mode uh, version. So to make the experience even better, I turn off all the lights in the apartment. And sometimes, I mean, my wife do not where to step on or I mean, she wants to have open windows and I close them. So yeah, that's probably my annoying toxic trait. I thought you were going to say eating tacos every single day for a week. <laughs> I thought that was well, that's probably another toxic trait. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if we, if we go to food, I mean, I love leftovers. So if you're one of those people that, you know, don't finish their meal, I'm sorry, but you won't find them again in the fridge next day. <laughs> so why exactly did you eat tacos for a whole week? I'm curious. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in Mexico, Mexican food is just food. So sometimes you just eat what you have without noticing. And I mean, I just noticed by the end of the week that I was like, wait a minute, I haven't had anything else for breakfast or lunch. Maybe I should <laughs> change it at some point. But it was just like, you know, I didn't notice and I loved it. I was being happy. So that's why it happened. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's like me saying, oh my gosh, I ate rice for a whole week, but that's so normal to right? me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yes. <laughs> All right, well, what was it like growing up in Monterey, Mexico? Yeah, I mean, I loved it, and if I, if I had to, I would do it again. To begin with, I have a, a sibling, a brother, he's younger than me, and we were very annoying, if I'm quoting my mom. And I think we <laughs> had a lot of activities all the time growing up because I think my parents just didn't want us to stay at home. So we were, you know, sometimes playing soccer, sometimes playing basketball, sometimes doing something just enough to get back home and be tired so that my parents didn't have to deal with us. But, you know, eventually while I was growing up, we had in Mexico this cartel war around 2006, 2007, which it really undermined the value and the opportunity that we had to just go to the park or, or go to the store and do a lot of activities. For me, I mean, I was always a nerd and I mean, it's probably every other Minervan and it meant being more time at school, being more time at home. So that was helpful for me because I started learning more math and more physics and stuff like that, right? I mean, I did pretty well. And even fun fact, when the pandemic started, it's like, oh, you can't go out of your house and everything. I was like, oh no, anyways, it's fine. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was bad for many things, especially social stuff mm. uh, that, that worked, but yeah, that, that, was, that was growing up, I guess. Wow, that must have been a really difficult time though during those couple years. Retrospectively looking back, uh, do you think that the war having to stay inside a lot affected you in any way growing up in Mexico? 
Yes, definitely. I don't think it affected me in how I interact with people, like social interactions, because, you know, mm -hmm. I still was going to school and those things were still there. But even growing up, I still felt pretty unsafe going outside my house, mm -hmm. you know, like the fear of you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to make it back. You don't know if you're going to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. So even as an adult in rotation cities, sometimes I will just stay because unconsciously I will feel that outside is not a safe place. And maybe mm -hmm. if I go to the park, it's not good. It took me some time as an adult to be like, outside is not that bad. And you know, you can just hope for the best. But it took, to be completely honest, it took me some time to realize that that was the most prominent factor in my decision to stay at home all the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing that you decided to go to Minerva, traveling around the world. Were there any people or things that you did to help you kind of get outside more, explore more? Yes, I think a lot is, well, you know, Minervans, they, they're nomads, most of them. So they like going camping and going outside. And I feel like being in a community and having friends that don't have that fear was helpful. You know, I think mm -hmm. many of your fears in any other context, you like overcome them when you are surrounded by people that just don't have these fears or they have like over, overcame them before. So yes, I feel like probably if I hadn't gone to Minerva, I will still be at home all day, all the time with that fear. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and let's dig a little bit deeper um, back into how you grew up too. Uh, how would you describe the love you grew up with on a different note? You know, what was your household like? Do you have siblings? You mentioned you had a brother. Yeah, I think I, I was privileged to grow up with a lot of love. You know, my household was just like my dad, Alfonso. I mean, I was named after him. My mom, Rita, my brother, Alex. I, I also had the privilege to have my grandma living right next door. So, you know, my brother and I were just spoiled with really great food, cute gifts all the time, <laughs> money to spend on like junk food and stuff. So it was great. Also, another advantage is that all my cousins and all my extended family also live in Monterrey, where they, they used to back then. Right now, we're pretty scattered around the world. So, I mean, family reunions were like every other week which was great. And I think when it comes to love, I think one of my parents' most remarkable love language is support. You know, sometimes I will come with these crazy ideas like now I want to do swimming or like now I want to learn English or whatever I try to do. If, if I will come up with a solid plan on this is what it's going to cost, this is like time commitment, blah, 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 blah. I need your support on X, Y, Z. They will be fully on board and they will have this motto that is like, no matter what you want to do, like if you want to just like sweep floors, you want to like teach, you want to do whatever you want, just do your best and do it with love and be the best version of yourself. And it's all going to be fine. And I feel like I appreciate that love language that they had towards me and my brother. That's awesome. Your parents sound amazing. Yeah. Support. Um, I also have a really big family and I was also fortunate enough to grow up like with a bunch of family reunions all the time, going over mm -hmm. to my cousins and going over to my aunts and uncles places and spending time with them. Do you see them now often? Do you get to visit them? Or I know you said they're kind of scattered all over, but are you able to talk to them, meet them now too? Yeah, thanks to technology, we chat a lot. Um, we have many group chats that we share memes all together. It's great. I think last time I went to Mexico, to Monterrey, it was the summer of 2019. Then we had the pandemic and stuff. I haven't gone back since, but I have plans to go this summer. I'm very excited for that. But yes, I really miss them. And I haven't seen them since then, but we, we, we've stayed in touch. Cool.
And so I know another big part of your life is religion as well. Um, and so if your life was like a video game, what would the hardest level be? And I think that one thing that you brought up to me before was being a full-time missionary in Brazil. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think very tied with your question is that if my life was a video game, this would be the hardest of all the levels. I think <laughs> I, I was for two years, 24 months, a full-time missionary in Brazil. You know, sometimes I was like, proselytizing sometimes I was doing community service and and this would be every day all day no matter the weather no matter like no matter anything I also spent being like a finance manager which was a lot of responsibility with you know a bunch of donations from multiple faithful people towards the cost like community service and proselytizing and stuff I also had to learn Portuguese on the fly and I was only able to communicate with my family once a week on email like not even video call so oh my God. yes, yeah, it was tough. And you know, wow. we just my family, like my family is an important aspect of my life. So yes, it was tough. I never felt overwhelmed though and or pressured. And every time that I feel something overwhelming right now, I think back and I'm like, you know, if that happened and I turned out okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think this can be that bad. So yeah, that was the hardest. I, I will say though, like probably as a side note is that this has also probably one of the most rewarding moments of my life. It was several months that I was concerned about many things, but none of them were about myself and probably most of them were about others' well-being. And I think that is a really way, like active service, a really great way to learn real empathy and reach real happiness. And also, I would also say that the world will be a better place if we past our capitalist endeavors for a little bit, just to give ourselves to the service of others and to make the world a better place in some way. Yeah, that's amazing. Were you able to make any close friends through that experience? I mean, I feel like the most challenging time, the people who you're with, you, you get really close to them. Yeah, definitely. I think I always had a companion. So we were always like a group of two or a group of three. So I'm really close friends with those folks that I shared a house and everything with. Also the people that were members of the church or the community while I was staying for some months. Amazing. We still chat once in a while. And yeah, we shared just so many amazing moments and we had really cool experiences together. So yeah, I think I miss them too and look forward to probably in a couple of years making a trip too see them again in person. Oh, that's exciting. It also sounds like you learned a lot through that as well. So I'd like to ask, what is a piece of advice that has stuck with you? Something that my mom will tell me often is whatever you want to pursue, um, do it with love and because of love. Otherwise, just don't do it. And there are many things that we can think about love right now. It's like love for others, love for yourself, or even just passion, right? If you're about to do it, like do it because you love the thing that you do, that you're passionate about, that you're in love with the problem that you're solving. And if you don't have the love, passion component in what you do, just probably do something else. Otherwise, it probably won't work or you won't be as happy as you could. I love that advice. That's great. And yeah, how about in terms wisdom. of, <laughs> yeah, mom's wisdom is always great. And I guess, what is the mistake that you learn from the most? Yeah, probably not during my missionary time, but recently, so for context, my wife, she's applying to medical school. She's graduating uh, also in a couple of months. Wait, and wait, 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 for, for context, for context, for our listeners, yes. 
you are married when did you get married <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah i think this is an important piece of, of, of information yeah i got married on <laughs> august 2020 my now wife and i we were dating for more than a year and then during the pandemic we were living together and we were like well i think we're gonna be stuck in a lockdown for a while maybe we should just like make it official and we did we got married on august 14th 2020 and so remember the date we accept gifts still and <laughs> we yeah we've been very happy ever since i feel like i love to be on a team with her she's amazing and i feel very supported it's good life i love and it what's her name her name is elise Elise okay. Santa Cruz now. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, congratulations. Two years later, you. still going well. Happy to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, too. as you as you were saying, how is your wife related to, the, to this question? Yeah. So okay, now coming back, she's applying to medical school. She is going to graduate at the same time that we are, and. The thing is that medical school in the United States is expensive, like tuition is mm -hmm. very expensive and scholarships are very, very low. And while she was applying to all these things, we were like applying to institutions that had very low tuition or very like low cost of attendance. And then I was chatting to my mom, my mom, again, she's amazing. And then mm -hmm. we were like talking about this and yeah, we just applied to, you know, a handful of schools that are within this cost of uh, atten attendance. And then she just called me, you're... She, she just called me an idiot, my mom, in the call. And I was like, wait a minute, like, why? And she recalled all the moments while I was growing up that they didn't have the means to afford something for me when mm. she would call when I was learning English. Actually, when I was going to Minerva for the freshman year, both of my pa parents lost their jobs, but they still never said, oh, wow. this is not going to happen, right? Like, they always encouraged and they said, something is going to happen and we're going to fix this we're going to figure it out along the way so mm -hmm. the advice that my mom gave me was like no matter what what the cost is you're going to figure it out but you can't cock your wife's wings while she's trying to go fly so i was like okay let's apply to more schools she applied wow. to more schools and right now she got accepted to many that were not in the original list and even one of them gave her a scholarship so we're going to be able to pay for it but she would not have this acceptance if we hadn't shoot for the sky, go big or go home and trust that we will figure it out along the way. So that was almost my mistake, not shooting for the stars in the beginning. And mm -hmm. I'm glad we got fixed eventually. Yeah. And I think a lot of like, thanks to your mom too you keep mentioning her she sounds like an amazing mom yeah and this is like perfectly leading into our next question what are you grateful for right now in the present yeah in the present i think i'm grateful for you know having some basic needs covered and having the chance to have education and work that's a huge privilege these days uh, around the world mm -hmm. within our communities i'm grateful for that but i feel like more most importantly i'm grateful for the people that i've met you know, and the people that have given, given me advice that have trusted in me, that have trusted in my, my potential. I feel like I'm just a consequence of all these little investments of the people that I've met along the way. And I mean, I'm happy with who I am right now. It could be better, but I like the outcome. So <laughs> I'm grateful for them and their contributions, if that makes sense. That's very sweet. Uh, well, thanks so much, Alfonso, for giving us a little more insight into your past.
All right. Alfonso, we've talked about your past. We've talked about uh, your present, what you're grateful for, lessons you've learned. Now let's look to the future. Where are you going? What are you passionate about? I like tech and I like science. I like coding. I could do it all day, every day. (laughs) And most importantly, I like the cause that I'm working towards. I mean, you can be coding many things, but if it's not something meaningful or something important for you, I don't think it makes that much sense. And there are many problems worth fixing. And I like, especially when technology is used to make people's life easier and more effortless. Um, And also if it's to fix something that already exists to make it more performative, then that too. Is there something that you're working on right now outside of school that's kind of in the area like tech for good? Yeah, so right now I'm working at Twitter, the social media company. I work at the embeds team. Basically, if you go to a basket article and you see a tweet in the middle and you can click it and everything, we are the team that maintains these features. It's great. I mean, there are good things and bad things about social media and we can you know, dedicate a whole podcast about that. But <laughs> I think, you know, many communities have gone through generations without having a voice to speak up for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about minorities, indigenous communities. So I feel like having a tool that is free and allows them to, to have a voice and to, to speak up, I think that's what excites me the most about this job. It's that whatever I do is for people that historically haven't had a voice to have a voice and to feel that they exist, that they are part of the community, that they matter. So that's probably why I like my job right now. But that can change. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And I know, you know, a job is also for financial stability as well. Right. But I'm curious, like with this mission of giving people a voice, especially historically underrepresented groups, I was wondering, what would you do if you didn't need to make money? Would you still be working at Twitter? Would you be doing something else? Probably along the same mission, I'm guessing. Yeah. I think if I didn't have to make money, I wouldn't dedicate my life to make some big corporation getting richer from ads. I have strong opinions about this thing, but yeah, I think I will be a teacher. I think I will volunteer to teach Spanish or English or coding or whatever to folks in unprivileged communities or from unprivileged backgrounds so that they have the tools that I had. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an immigrant from Mexico. I had to learn English also. I had difficulties with that. And I feel like giving folks the knowledge and information tools to have a better and different life is something that I have to give back eventually. That sounds amazing. I'm hoping that you'll be able to do something in that space afterwards. And it sounds like you're already working on things that are pretty amazing at Twitter. All right. So to end things off, let's do a fast fire round of questions. Phone calls or texting? Phone calls. Book or ebook? Ebook. It's later. <laughs> okay, I agree with you. Don't worry. <laughs> Camping or binge watching shows at home? Shows at home any day, every day. (laughs) What's your spirit fruit? I think I would be a lime. Lime, interesting. Okay, okay. And lastly, what is your word of the day? Today, update. Update is the word of the day. Update. (laughs) You want to know why? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Tell tell us a little bit more why. This is, is, I've never heard update before. (laughs) It's not, it's not that deep. It's just that Today, for some reason, was a day that many of the apps in my computer asked me to update the stuff. <laughs> so that's what I got. Okay. That's a, interesting. Cool. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Alfonso. It was such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Thank you for the opportunity. I think we had fun. Thank you. All right, let's wrap this episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify and Apple Music. And finally, special thanks to our editor, I'm Lilian, for working her magic on this episode. Thanks for listening to Humans of Minerva.